you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a lot. You know, I, I got to say, uh, not the worst uh, all 22 to watch. I mean, all things mm-hmm. considered, we've I've watched worse all 22s uh, this season. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're bearing down on Thanksgiving, which is a, a, a favorite holiday, to be sure. Uh, things aren't things aren't bad at all. We're, we, we're gonna we, we're gonna talk about a loss today, but I think that there's some uh, there's some positive stuff to pull out of that, which is uh, which is actually kind of a change around here. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of positives that we can take away from the all twenty-two. But as usual, we have to start off with a with negative, the negative here. first. It's twenty twenty, <laughs> right? Locked, yeah, not, it's just a staple of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Got to got to be negative. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we learned on Tuesday morning uh, that rookie cornerback Trevon Diggs, who really has been playing well over the last couple of weeks, yeah. uh, suffered a foot injury, a broken uh, bone in his foot. It's not considered a super long-term injury, but it is likely to knock him out. Uh, for the next four to six weeks. Uh, and I don't have to tell you that, you know, if you're going to be out six games, uh, that means you're probably going to miss the rest of the season. I think the Cowboys are going to be uber careful here with, with yeah. uh, Diggs. There's no reason to rush him back. Uh, it's just unfortunate, Landon, because, you know, one of the reasons that we were so, you know, at least, you know, trying to get through these games and be excited about them still was because of the rookie class. And, you know, by the end of the game on Sunday against Pittsburgh, there was no Tyler Biotish, and there was no Trevon Diggs, and that, that really hurt. But uh, what are you just takeaways on Diggs' injury? Yeah, it's the injury bug strikes again, right? I mean, it's just it seems to spread everywhere, and, and this team has uh, more than uh, regressed to the mean on their injury oh, luck, man. I think, at this point. Um, it, it's – yeah, I mean, I think you said it. It's, it's probably one of the more unfortunate things that happened in the last few weeks because of all the things that you talked about, because of the fact that really this year was supposed to be, from here on out, kind of an evaluation year to see what we have in these young players – uh, and it's not, you know, great that he's not going to get the opportunity to kind of get those reps over the next few weeks because as he was getting those reps, he was playing better uh, mm. and, and markedly mm-hmm. better. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's just super unfortunate for a guy that really could use the reps, really could use the time on the field, uh, and was a, a rare bright spot on uh, on you know on a team that was struggling to find something positive to talk about before the Steelers game. Uh, I, I think he has been something that people had looked to as, okay, well, you know what? Let's, let's see the development of the young corner. I think that's, that's worth, yeah. that's worth watching for these games. And, and now he's going to be out for at the very least a month, I would say maybe closer to two. You know, going into the season, we we knew that the Cowboys' cornerback situation wasn't going to be great. It, it, we, they were just we were hoping it for it to be average, right? Yeah. You know, eventually 
trend towards average. Um, but man, it's they've really never had their full assortment of cornerbacks on the field, right? I mean, outside of the week one, uh, you know, from that point on, Chidobio Wusier had a hamstring injury. He left in week two, uh, you know, against the Falcons. And then, uh, you know, we saw that Anthony Brown has a rib injury. He missed about a month. Uh, and then as soon as Awuzie is able to come back here in week 11, Trevon Diggs is going to be out. So it's it's just really unfortunate that we never got to see these three corners together because, again, I don't think they would have been fantastic, but they wouldn't have been awful. And, you know, that's really the bar that we're just trying to clear here. We're trying to have a league average defense, and I think those guys could could have been at that point. So it, it's just it, – it's rough. It sucks because I thought Diggs was playing so well. Um but let's do this before we move on, Landon. Long term, how do we feel about Trevon Diggs after one year? Are you still optimistic? Do you have some more concerns? Uh, how are you feeling about him? Oh, yeah, I'm still optimistic. I, I mean, I think he's shown you uh, enough as a rookie corner um, to to feel excited about the future. I mean, I, he makes plays in the ball. He's, he's around the ball a lot. Of, of course he's going to get burned. Of course he's going to give up big plays. I mean, this is something that we talked about before the season and I think it was it's borne out I mean I think he definitely has had times where he's struggled but I also think that he is one of the few rookie corners who's out there as you know the kind of cornerback one you know I mean Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a tough position to be in uh when you're also on a on a defense that's not playing very well um so I think that he battled hard throughout the season he you know he's he he got his hands on some footballs he came down with with uh with interceptions or at least one uh and i think that you know what we saw was a guy who was putting it together you know not a Mm -hmm. guy who looked completely lost or or didn't look like he belonged he totally looked like he belonged uh and so i i have big big expectations for him i think he'll come back next year uh uh even more renewed and even more uh stable uh and i think that if he can kind of just find a way to you know, we don't really need for him to push the ceiling too far right now. I, what I need for him to do is bring up the floor, you know, play Correct. with a little yes. bit more consistency, uh, uh, and just you know, you don't always need to make the big play; just make this the the, the simple, consistent play. Uh, and I think that that will help his overall play just as much as you know grabbing an, an interception or two. If he can find a way to kind of stabilize his floor and just play better football, even at his worst. Uh, then I think that that's really going to go a long way into seeing a, a big jump from him uh, in season two. Yeah, I know pro football focus grades aren't the end all be all, but um, this is somebody who in the first month of the season was graded out as the league's worst cornerback. Uh, but over the last couple of weeks has really gotten better. Uh, and now, you know, after week nine, he's the number 48 cornerback in pro football focus. So you're looking at, you know, out of 120 cornerbacks uh, he's in the top 50 so quite the climb and quite the improvement and that's really what we wanted to see we wanted to see steady improvement over the course of the season we certainly saw that uh, but now we'll probably have to wait until 2021 uh, to see him again Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about our all 22 notes Uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about Pepsi this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. 
I also wanted to tell you guys about Taser. Protecting my family is my number one priority, but for many of us, having a gun in the house doesn't feel safer. Taser is committed to helping you protect your home and your family safely. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL. T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, Landon, let's get into our All-22 notes. I will let you go first. What was one of your big takeaways uh, from watching the film? Uh, the improved play on the interior, uh, defensive interior. Uh, I think that, you know, we our, our eyes kind of saw it a little bit. And I think that's that's one of the always the interesting things about the All-22 watch is that, you know, you kind of see it when you're watching the, the, the broadcast. And then it, it's, it's something that you kind of – keep in the back of your head to, to check on when you go into the coach's tape. And to me, I, I, I wanted to see exactly what was different about specifically Neville Gallimore in the middle, because it just felt like there was a huge leap in play uh, from what we had seen previously to this from him. And, and I think that the, the tape bore that out a little bit, right? Like it, it to me, this looks like a guy who, you know, and I guess what I should do is provide some context. Previously, you know, Gallimore was being just abused, you know, just like he, he struggles to uh, take on contact from angles that aren't right in front of him. So when he gets bumped by guards or sinners that are helping out the man that he's that he's going against, he usually gets knocked to the ground or he usually is just completely blocked out of the play. Uh, and he just, you know, previous to this, it didn't seem like he had the, I don't want to say toughness because it's not about toughness, but the kind of resiliency to stay in his spot, you know, and not get knocked yeah. off his spot sure. when, when, when being uh, uh, focused on. I think what you saw this week was him ducking under blocks, uh, uh, absorbing blows from guards and centers, staying upright and in his spot enough and, and, and you know, and the other thing, too, is getting through the line of scrimmage and then having enough balance and wherewithal to continue to make the play. Because I think we've seen him at various times, like on his best snaps. You know, previous to this, it's like he, he gets double teamed, he gets blocked out of, the, out of the frame, or he does find a way to get penetration and takes himself out of the play because he gets too deep into it or gets pushed past the pocket uh, or for whatever reason. I, I felt like it was a lot more of him understanding that he's got to be quick through the hole, like quick through the line, and then c- bring himself to balance in order to make the play. There were several different times when you saw him slipping through blocks, getting around blocks, getting a... a a punch from a guard or center to try to knock him wide and him not him absorbing that getting underneath their arms and then getting behind uh, the line of scrimmage and making a tackle on, on a running back or uh, uh, forcing a pressure on a quarterback. I mean, even th- th- there was that one play that, y- that you saw him where he like ran through Pouncey. I mean, just ran through him. So uh, I thought that, you know, Neville Gallimore's play was, I guess the word is shockingly better. You know, I mean, it's just because the the what you saw previous to this, it didn't seem like we were going to get uh, 
the kind of improvement that we were hoping to get from a rookie defensive tackle. I mean, understandably, it's a difficult position, but mm-hmm. I think that what we saw this week was a guy who maybe gets it a little bit more than he did. I mean, because I, I think that he it, it's not like he changed who he was physically as a player. I just think he understands what he's doing a little bit more and now is uh, kind of availing himself of, of the physical tools he has to do the job properly. Yeah, I think those are all great points. I, I, I feel like I should also point this out. And this is nothing to take away from Neville Gallimore or anything like that. I think Marquise Pouncey is a little washed. And I know – actually, he's not a little washed. He's completely washed. I don't think he's very good. Uh, David David DeCastro is better. I don't think he's the same David DeCastro that we've seen in previous years either. Uh, but again, I thought Gallimore was much better. I think he played with a sense of urgency. I still have some problems when he gets double teamed. He's just not somebody yeah. who's good at the point of attack, he's, and he's, he probably never will. Yeah, be. Yeah, he'll never be good at that. But but I think no. that there's a difference between being serviceable and not being taken out of the play every time, and you know being able to not be like that. I guess I I, I would agree. Um, that's a good note on, on Gallimore. I want to talk about the the three defensive ends just really quickly. Yeah. Just, so some notes that I wrote down, and then I'll let you comment. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, I thought was fantastic. It, it's I don't know if you saw this, but it's pretty clear to me that he still can't cut and change directions very well. It's just I still think that knee is bothering him, and he's toughing it out, and he's still playing at a ridiculously high level. Uh, just because that's he, I mean he's a superstar. It's what he does. Um, I thought Randy Gregory had the best game that we've seen from him in a long time. He looked explosive. The the move that he had on. Alejandro Villanueva was really good. Uh, he's really close to, to finishing some of these pressures and turning them into sacks. And then Alden Smith, um, I mean, he's, I, I don't know. Alden Smith is tricky because I think he's consistent. I think, um, you know, he, he's good, but he just doesn't have that same burst that I think we saw even earlier in the year. I'm not sure if he's dealing with an injury either or if he's just wearing down a little bit and, or I, I don't know. But it does seem like, of the three defensive ends, he's probably the third right now. Um, what, what do you? What was your takeaway on those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with with most of what you were saying. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence was fantastic, man. I, I there was one snap where he uh, pre snap shifted down to basically a five tech against the uh, is it Villa Villanueva Villa Villanueva. I don't know how to say his name. Villanueva. Villanueva. Um, Apology. Long, long-time Steeler. Fan yeah, ap- ap- apologies, okay. apologies uh, <laughs> <laughs> to you. Uh, there was a there was a play where he he kicked down and, and basically lined up right over him and almost in a four eye and mm-hmm. got around all the way around him. And actually, no, it wasn't. It was it was the right tackle. Now that I'm saying that, because uh, I, I Chuck Sakura, Chuck Sakura, yeah. So he he got all the way around him, uh, you know, kicked inside to almost like a four eye, and then got off the ball so quickly and, and around it, slapped his hands around with a double swipe and around uh, so quickly. It was it was shocking. It was just I mean, it just looked like vintage uh, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, several different plays where you saw. Uh, him able to compress down on the line and make a a a, 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 a play on a behind the line of scrimmage and a run play, which is you know just his that's his bread and butter if if, if anything yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Randy Gregory, I think you know this is what this is the kind of thing we were talking about, right? Like like this guy is a natural. 
you know, and and he has the burst and and the arms and all that stuff. But you know, there's things like that, like you mentioned that you can't teach the way the way he was able to swim and then get skinny so the guys can't get him like he just understands his body movement and what he has to do as a pass rusher in a way that like you have to teach a lot of other people you know and mm-hmm. and, and i think that that's why he's able to come up off his couch and do this again and again and again it's just he's incredibly naturally talented pass rusher uh and i think that that is clearly what we're seeing play out here with with his development he's gotten a couple of weeks worth of snaps and now suddenly he's you know, very close to back to where he we've seen him at his best. So, um, and and I guess with Alden Smith, you know, it just was it hasn't been like you said it hasn't been quite as good as it has been previous to this. Um, it, you know, it just, he's still fine though. Yeah, he's, he's still, still fine. fine. And I think that they're doing more with him too. Is, I think that's the other yeah. thing too is that, that you're seeing him kick inside and, and rush the passers a three technique sometimes in the in some like NASCAR looking packages that they had, which include Demarcus Lawrence, Crawford. Alden Smith inside and Randy Gregory, which is all, you know, we shouldn't just gloss over that because that's the kind of thing we were drooling over in the, in the mm-hmm. preseason, you know. So to see that kind of stuff get uh, get deployed out there was exciting and fun to see. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about this trio. Uh, obviously, Randy Gregory has really kind of fit in right really well. I'd like to see a little bit more of Bradley and I and a little bit less of Armstrong. Uh, but I think that overall uh, you're getting pretty decent play from your defensive ends at this point. Yeah, and I, I'd even throw um, uh, Antoine Woods in there. He was fine. Yeah, I, I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think he is a superstar or anything like that. But I would be willing to bring him back next year on a similar type of deal, even if he's just your backup one technique. Uh, he's good enough to do that, and yeah. I, I think he's fine. Um, I, I want to talk about the linebackers really quickly, Landon. Uh, just a couple notes that I have. I thought this was uh, Van Rush's best game, especially in the run game that we've seen from a while. I think they're at their best in terms of the, the on rundowns when it's Leighton Van Der Esch and Sean Lee in there. The problem is I don't think any three of their linebackers right now are doing very well in coverage. So that's that's kind of a problem. Teams are picking on them a little bit. And then the Cowboys are doing this weird thing where they're putting uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Darian Thompson as like their dime linebackers. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It's... Uh, I, I don't understand it. I don't know why Mike Nolan does it, but it's apparently the looks they want to go with. So what were your, your thoughts on the linebackers in this game? Yeah, I mean, pretty similar to what you saw. I, I mean, I think you, you mentioned Leighton Vander Esch had a, a, a much better game than he had previously. Um, I think that, you know, Jalen is still playing very up and down. Uh, it was good to see Sean Lee in there because I thought he made uh, a couple of nice, or at least is playing well, I guess is the best way to put it. Um you know, I, I think that the linebacking group is what it is right now. I, I wish that they would try. I mean, it just seems like they still aren't doing a great job of putting these guys into a position to, to play to their strengths, you know? And no. and, and I think that's Jalen specifically to me is just uh, like he, he needs to be moving forward. And and I think that when anything that has him doing that is is probably positive. And, they had him blitzing off the edge. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. And I was I was very – with his hand on the ground at, at some point. Yeah. I, I do think – I mean, that's, it, it, it wasn't successful, though. No, but, I mean, <laughs> I think that that's a good look. And I think him, you know, doing more A-gap uh, uh, sure. peppering would yeah. be good, too. So, uh, yeah, I just think that – you know we're we're gonna try to survive with these guys. They, I think Joe Thomas needs to come back in and, and play some snaps too. Once in all, they just need to, to have a better rotation there. I think and, and keep those guys a little more fresh. 
Yeah, and even Joe Thomas, though, when he went out, he wasn't playing all that well either. No. So it's just, you know, we thought going into the season this was a, a position where they had a lot of depth and, you know, you felt good about guys one through four. Hasn't always been the case this season. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do some more All-22 notes, this time on the offensive side of the ball. I wanted to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off any order. Again, that is at BuiltBar.com. Com. All right, Lyndon, let's talk about the offensive line. Um, let's start with Terrence Steele. He's no good. Do you want to move on? Nope. I think uh, <laughs> we need to stay on this and talk about how he is very, very bad and no good. Now I'm ready to move on. Uh, poor Zach Martin, man. I, I I don't know what he's thinking playing next to, to you know, Lyle Collins oh, all last year and then going to Terrence Steele. I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, hey, why are you blocking me and not the Steelers defender? Because we're supposed to be blocking the other team. <laughs> there Terrence was a play Steel. that happened. I, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, that's there, what I was. Came that, down, I am literally referring to that play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he came down and blocked Zach Martin, and TJ Watt came off the edge yep. free. And I don't. He didn't get the sack, but I he might have knocked away the pass. I don't remember, but yeah. uh, not great. Uh, the rest of the offensive line. Um, Zach Martin, really, really, really good. I don't know if you saw the one snap he played right tackle in this game when Cam Irving went out. Uh, Mike McCarthy called that fantasy football stuff. I just kind of thought that was funny when it happened. Hmm. Um, Joe Looney, um, still not great at center. I mean, he, he is he, he serviceable? He was not sure. as bad as I thought, though. Like, no, but he, I, I but he should he actually, be a starter. Like, what he did. game, I would Right, say. right. What he did on Sunday is what you want from him, yes. though, right? Okay, you right. want him to be that backup that can get you through a game and not have it be a disaster. Yeah, and I thought that he actually, even for him, I thought that was his best game of the season. You know, I yes. thought that he actually played way better than I anticipated. And, and just to kind of go on the offensive line overall, uh, honestly, every time that you go and, and you're looking at plays where the offensive line clearly got beaten, every single one of them was Terrence Steele. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. every yeah. almost every single play where the offensive line clearly had huge uh, gaps in it or allowed a, a, t- a tackle for loss, where somebody obviously missed an assignment. I think I I, po- <coughs> I posted a video, and I, I almost posted a second one, but Joey actually beat me to it. I posted a video of of, of a freezed frame of the all twenty two, just scanning from. Uh, uh, from the left side of the offensive line to the right, and and it shows everybody in motion, in action, because the snap has just happened, and everybody's on their snaps, and then there's Terrence Steele still sitting in his in his uh, uh, well, stance. snap count. That's not his fault. And there's another one, you know, where where yeah, everybody. It's like a wide zone, and everybody's it's hats on hats all across the board, and there's Terrence Steele realizing he overrun overran his blocking guy and trying to reach back and block the guy that ends up tackled for a loss. So. You know, I thought that um, I thought overall the the the, pa- the offensive line played outstanding. I mean, just I mean, considering the 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 you know what the the context, right? Who they were mm. playing and, and what they were you know what they were playing with. I thought that the rest of the offensive line played really really well, and even Cam Irving uh, was serviceable at the position. You know, not not just embarrassing himself out there. So Yeah, I've got a question about Cam in a second, but I, go ahead. I, I I mean I, I just think that, you know, look, again, it's all in 
the context of what our expectations were. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to get any of these guys outside of Zach Martin and Connor Williams as my starters next year. But uh, I, I think, but in certain roles, we're we're happy with these guys. Yeah, totally. For where Terrence they too. are, for where they are, for what we're talking about, and playing a team that coming into this game was on a historic run of defense. You know, I, I mean, again, they're they're look. Uh, I don't think we were being hyper. I'm not a hyperbolically pessimistic person. And I was hyperbolically pessimistic about the Cowboys' chances going sure. into this game. The fact that they were able to do what they were able to do is is more impressive than I feel like people are you know, I, talking I about out there. Yeah, so those four offensive linemen, not including Terrence Steele, I thought were good. But I, I also wanted to say this because I think this is important. Outside of three or four plays, I think Garrett Gilbert also helped out with that, right? Because he... One of these things that bad quarterbacks and young quarterbacks tend to do is they tend to bail on pockets early, right? And the first sign of a bad quarterback is they run backwards, right? Yeah. And they they, they try to get outside the pocket. I was stunned how many times Garrett Gilbert stood in the pocket that extra half second and was able to deliver the football when I I thought for sure he was going to get sacked. So I think he did a good job of not panicking, standing tall in the pocket, moving around slightly, uh, to give the offensive lineman, you know, just that half beat more to to hold their blocks. But what did you think about Gilbert helping out his offensive lineman in this one? I think that what you said is is very true, and I would also say that he helped out his offensive lineman a lot by getting rid of the football quickly. There were a yeah. lot of his best, some of his best throws were one read, know where the guy's going to be, deliver the ball on the ba- on your back foot when it's time to throw the football, and and I think that that's. See, this is why this is why I'm not all that excited about Andy Dalton coming back because Andy Dalton has some of those bad tendencies yeah. where I, I, if Dalton things, wasn't if, doing this, that's the thing. And, and you're not exactly wrong. Like, yes. Like Dalton was still trying to like buy time, get to his second and third receivers. God, it's the first guy's open. Get it to him. Right. Like like stop it, messing it, around. Like this. It, I think that Dalton, I, I think that Dalton was trying too hard to be concerned about making big plays because he thought that the yeah. offense has to carry the defense in order to win the game. Just Which play, is probably just play right. the game. Just play the yeah. game. You know. Yeah, yeah. When Dalton's at his best, it's when he has a really good offensive line and he doesn't have to worry about pressure. When he does get pressured, and we've seen this now in Cincinnati and in Dallas, things just completely go haywire. And he tries to do too much. He tries to get outside the pocket. He doesn't have the same athleticism now that he did back in 2012. Uh, And, you know, I think it's part of the reason why I'm just not that excited to see him back in the lineup. Uh, One question about Cameron Irving, Landon, before we move on. He's not great. Uh, And nobody's going to say, we've been telling you for a while that he's not a great offensive tackle. But if he's your worst offensive lineman, you can get away with it because he does sometimes, (laughs) again, I'm really prefacing this, he does sometimes do enough uh, to be functional. Would you be interested in bringing him back next year to be your offensive tackle four, or are you good just moving on this offseason? I I mean, I, I don't see how they would want to do that, right? Like, I, I feel like despite what we feel about Terrence Steele, they like Terrence Steele. And on top of that, Brandon Knight is still on the team, I assume. So maybe, you know, depending on if, if we're wrong about how they feel about either of those two guys – I don't think we're wrong on Brandon Knight. I, I think they like Brandon Knight quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, I I would let's put it this way: I would not be surprised if they brought him back. He definitely has not been as terrible as 
Well, we, I we also think we, we need to put this in perspective, right? We're seeing <laughs> we're seeing what absolutely awful looks yeah. like on the other yeah, side of the exactly. formation, right? Well, I mean, but but I think that that's not uh, that's a good thing. Not that's a good yeah. context because yeah, yeah. that's the thing is that we there's too often that we make those claims about offensive tackles without realizing that there's you know Terrence Steele's out there, you know, and so I, I think yeah, I think if anything, it puts into con- proper context what kind of player. Uh, he mm-hmm. is because he, yeah, he's not great. But look at what he's, what the op- other tackle is doing. He's not doing that, at least. You know? No, no. Um, just really quickly, we've got just a couple minutes left. Um, I thought Dalton Schultz was really good again. I mean, he could have had another big catch in this game, but it was taken back due to penalty. Uh, he finished with four receptions for 48 yards. Probably should have had about 70 yards in this game. Um, Again, a low end starter. I think he's he's at his best when he's uh you know paired with somebody like a um you know like a Blake, Blake Jarwin. Jarwin. But uh, I thought it was good. And then I thought the offense, the receivers were really good. Each each one of them made a mistake between C.D. Lamb, you know, fumbling, Amari Cooper, you know, not getting a first down on one. Whatever play, that was, yeah, that, was to, that was weird. <laughs> talk to me about the offensive skill players. Yeah, I mean, I I think they showed up in a way that I feel like they hadn't shown up in in some of these other games with some of these other backup quarterbacks. And I think it kind of goes back to your quarterback. You know, it it goes back to the ability to get them the ball uh, and not try to wait for a perfect scenario to deliver a strike. You know, Um, I think that uh, the the lamb lamb route to the end zone was was beautiful. I don't know if you you went back and watched it, but the best part about that was is lamb knew that he had – Watt on, on, on him, right? And he didn't like he didn't hurry. Did you? See, I don't know if you noticed that, but he 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 ran the route kind of almost at eighty five percent because he knew that was enough speed to to win on the route when when you when he got back up field, and then that bought enough time to so he didn't run through the back of the end zone when the ball got delivered, and and it, I think it was just beautiful yeah. uh, job of just kind of. T- uh, tempering his pace in order to allow the play to come out the way it was supposed to. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Gallup is got to be frustrated. I mean, it, at this point, it's yeah, kind of I feel bad going back to his rookie year where it's he's in a low efficiency situation. He's, you know, he's not getting he's getting, you know, similar targets as everybody else. Uh, but usually they're tougher targets to convert, and and I think well most of them are happening way down the field yeah, too. Right? Yeah, that's and, I mean, that's that's part, like a large part of it. Yeah, uh, and so I, I I can understand how he's would be frustrated, but I mean I I don't think that's necessarily his personality. I think he'll he's the happy warrior get through it. Uh, and then you know I think what you said about Schultz is correct. I think you know he's shown that he is a, a, a solid player, and then and I think next year when Jarwin's back. Uh, you're going to feel a lot more comfy about 12 personnel yeah. snaps than you had been previously because you know you've got two guys who you feel comfortable catching the football uh, when they need to. Not only that, uh, we, we like Blake Bell quite a bit. I think yeah. he's if he's your third tight end, you're sitting really well. And then again, you have Sean McEwen, you know, uh, undrafted free agent from Michigan, hasn't played a ton, only 26 snaps, but – uh, you know, if you he's your tight end four and you're developing him, maybe he'll take over Blake Bell's spot in 2022. Maybe you're having him fill in for Dalton Schultz once he leaves in free agency. Uh, you feel pretty good. So, uh, mock drafters out there, listen, please, please do not give, give the Cowboys a tight end in the first two rounds. They're they're set. They're, they're good. I know Kyle Pitts from Florida is really good. Man, he's uh, really they, good. <laughs> he's really really good. But they don't need him. They're they're all right. 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.